listening to the Rude Horror Podcast with your host, Marcus Rude. Listening to the Rude Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Rude, and today I have a special guest. He is a director, producer, and writer for his film Beyond the Gates, Mr. Jackson Stewart. How are you doing today? Uh, good. I'm uh, pretty tired. I stayed up until four in the morning playing Friday the 13th with some uh, some pals. So, uh, you know, that that's, that's how I'm occupying most of my time in the uh, quarantine but you know good stuff otherwise no complaints (laughs) well good times yeah it's a definitely a fun game i i play uh dead by daylight as well oh yeah i i haven't uh i i tried that one a a little bit and uh i I got i I was very bad at it so i think i (laughs) gave up on it but um I should give it a shot. I know they just added a bunch of like uh, Silent Hill and uh, like didn't they just they added some like Halloween um, uh, characters in it or something like Laurie Strode's in it now? Is is that right? Right. Yeah. Um, there's actually uh, quite a few uh, horror staples that are in there so far. So you get like Michael Myers and Laurie Strode. Um, the the pig from Saw and Detective oh. Tap from the movie Saw. Um, oh, yeah. There's actually, you know, there's a lot. Uh, Freddy Krueger, uh, Leatherface. Cool. Uh, um, and like you said, the Silent Hill chapter uh, just released. So you got Pinhead or not Pinhead, but uh, Pyramid Head and uh, and I think Cheryl from Silent Hill Three. Oh! Oh! Yeah! 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 I I I remember that game well. I yeah. played quite a bit of that when I was when I was a youth. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the Silent Hill games. I I don't play them as much as I would like to, but you know, with you know, like, like Dead by Daylight, for instance, and Friday Thirteenth, it's hard to 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 play those one-player campaigns when you got the the multiplayer aspect of gaming now um yeah and, no doubt yeah but uh, uh yeah man well, that's cool that uh that you play friday the 13th um so beyond the gates is is your first full-length feature and uh and you know in the horror genre as well um but, is this like your first uh, horror film that you've made? You know, like have have you made like any short horror films, or is this is is this 
is your first take at horror? Yeah, basically, like I did a number of shorts, um, you know, prior to to making the movie. Um, my first credit in the horror space was on this show, uh, Supernatural, that um, is amazingly still on the air today. I, I think uh, I think it's going into its final season now, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty astonished. It's uh, you know, entering season 15, but, um, I had a writing credit there and season six. Um, so, you know, that, I think that was like my first, um, like proper credited job, you know, where it wasn't just someone paying me, you know, some money to like write something that would never get made. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that's that was uh, the start of it. I mean, I, I you know grew up watching a ton of horror movies, and um, I'm pretty well versed in the genre at this point. But um, you know, it, it was it was just sort of like a comfort food for me growing up. And... So um, beyond the gates, the the board game inside the movie. I know there's a lot of comparison to uh, this film being sort of like the Jumanji of horror, but, <laughs> but you know, it, for uh, for fans of the genre and, uh, and and know about VHS and in the history of VHS, um, this is more or less sort of uh, closer to the board game Nightmare rather than this being like Jumanji. Um, so was this like a, a big, uh, influence on, on those type of board games or, uh, is, is there more to it? Oh, no. It, I mean, it was a hundred percent influenced by nightmare. I mean, it, it was a few different, uh, board games, you know, um, I, I mean, kind of the bigger influences on it were the gate, you know, the, um, Tibor Takis movie from the eighties, um, you know, obviously the Beyond, the Lucio Fulci movie. Um, but yeah, the Nightmare uh, VCR board game was certainly one of them. Uh, Clue was a, a pretty big influence on it. Um, Castlevania II, Simon's Quest kind of was in a weird way, um, just because it's like the, the hints in that game were so sort of like obtuse and I wanted all of uh, Barbara's lines to kind of be um, to sort of be like that where it's like you don't really understand what she's saying when she says it but when you go back and watch it you kind of know what she's talking about um, just giving it that kind of enigmatic quality but uh, yeah I don't know I mean Jumanji um, I have to be honest I've actually never seen the original or any of the sequels. Um, I think Steve, my co-writer has, has seen it, but uh, it's not a bad comparison. You know, I mean, I love Robin Williams and um, he was, he was a true one as they say. And uh, you know, I, any, anytime they compare you to a, a wildly popular movie that everyone grew up with, you can't really complain, you know? Right. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I can see, 
you know, a little bit of the aspect there just because, you know, like you get sucked into the game in Jumanji and uh, in this one sort of uh, it's it's not really like it's not really uh, clear that uh, if they're sucked into the reality of beyond or is beyond the gates sort of coming into the real world like that. It, I don't know. I didn't really quite uh, catch that aspect as far as like the characters, if, if they're in, you know, you know, so to speak into the game or is the game, you know, coming to reality. It's up to you to decide that my friends, that's uh, <laughs> all in the mind of the viewer. Right. Yeah. I, and I like that. I like that where it, uh, it makes you think, and, uh, you know, you can ponder on, uh, you know, and, and it, it brings up questions to, to like, you know, is, like I said, is this real or is it, are you sucked into the game? Um, and, and uh, so like with the board game, I, I really like the aspect of, uh, finding the keys and, uh, um, you know, it, it's, it's sort of similar to, uh, to nightmare as far as, you know, there's, there's key cards in uh in the game uh was you know was that uh influenced on beyond the gates or um not totally i i mean it was honestly you know i'm not sure if people are familiar with this but um the original title of uh this Lucio Fulci movie was, uh, or, or, you know, the beyond was the seven doors of death, or at least that was the title in, um, the United States when I came out here, when I, th- I think it was like Aquarius releasing, put it out or something, but, um, I always liked that. And then I, you know, I mean, I was just kind of thinking about keys and, um, doorways and gates and that kind of thing. And so it just seemed like, you're going through a gate, you need a key, you know, and then we needed more than one because there's multiple victims. So, you know, um, that, that was kind of the main idea there, but you know, nightmare didn't really, the like gameplay of that didn't uh, honestly like factor in, um, with how we were writing it just because it's like, if you play that game and you look at the board, it's like, it's just there's like a path that kind of goes in a circle and it's like it just doesn't feel that um like on point for you know something that's like taking place in a house and like you know going into this other dimension um it just didn't feel like a great piece of connective tissue for that so it wasn't so much that uh that was an influence it was more just like these kind of like oddball uh things i remembered from when i was growing up that i was sort of pulling from you know mm-hmm. oh right on yeah yeah and uh i i did listen to a little bit of uh the commentary track the one of the com one of the commentary tracks that you had put on the dvd release and uh and it didn't really click to me but um you, you kind of mentioned something about uh the makeup that barbara had on you know, further in the movie, her makeup would get heavier and heavier. And that was kind of like the same as uh, on the Nightmare board game where the, the gatekeeper, you know, his, his makeup would get heavier and heavier as, as time went on. And I was like, you know, I, I didn't really, it didn't really click to me when I thought that was really cool. Oh, thanks. Um, 
Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't really know how to elaborate on that, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, that was definitely intentional and, you know, you could say a, a tip of the cap to that. Right. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really expect you to elaborate on it. I just, you know, I just wanted to point that out, I guess, that, uh, you know, it's an aspect that I like of the film. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. And, um, well, I guess... Uh, speaking of uh, Rampton, um, what was the uh, process like on trying to to get her um, to be a part of the film? Like, was it something that she reached out to you, or did you reach out to her? Um, no. I mean, it it it, it all sort of happened very, you know. Her her coming into it was honestly pretty last minute. Um. She initially came on as a, a producer because she was interested in um, kind of getting into that world. And, uh, you know, I'd known her for many years through uh, uh, our mutual friend, Stuart Gordon, who, you know, unfortunately is no longer with us. But um, I think I met her in <clears throat> maybe like 2000. 10, I think was the first time. And then I, you know, became friends with her at a, a performance of uh, Reanimator the Musical, which um, I hope they bring back at some point. But uh, yeah, I mean, basically, um, you know, we, were, we became friends. She read the script. She really liked it. And then, uh, you know, we were, we shot footage with another actress who I'm not going to name um, to play the, the VCR board game host because initially I wanted someone kind of more like um, Barbara Steele from Black Sunday. And, mm -hmm. you know, Barbara is uh, pretty far removed from that, I would say. Um, you know, it's like I, I wanted someone kind of with like dark hair and sort of kind of giving like a witchy vibe. Uh, for lack of a better term, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, basically we shot with this other actor. The footage didn't turn out the way uh, I hoped it would. And, you know, we were getting close to uh, our shooting dates and uh, I just asked her to do it. And it, it kind of just felt like the right way to kind of uh, bridge, you know, these movies like From Beyond and like, the uh, you know, all the great like Stuart Gordon, Brian Eusness stuff that I grew up loving by having her be a piece of that and then carrying her over into this movie, it just kind of made sense. Um, and, you know, and I honestly, I think she totally crushed her role in it. I, I think she's phenomenal in it. And, uh, you know, I feel like a, a total fool for ever thinking otherwise, but um, yeah, you know, I mean, she, she just was super game to, get in and do it and you know she did an awesome job and really went to bat for the movie and um you know it was uh we were super lucky to have her and i'm you know real grateful i got to work with her so um yeah well i mean we'll we'll see going forward but uh yeah i i hope that answered your question i, I have no idea if i articulated that properly yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and I'll, I'll add that she did a phenomenal job. I, I thought she really did do a good job. And it was really nice to see her come back to the genre and sort of get 
a new resurgence of of Barbara back into the horror genre that uh, you know I think I think a lot of us have missed her since uh, you know some of her her great horror films like Reanimator and Chopping Mall and Castle Freak. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, in in, forgive me if, if this is a personal question, but you had mentioned that uh, that you were, uh, uh, you know, I would say close to Stuart Gordon. Like, were you yeah. guys like pretty good friends? Oh yeah, I mean, God, he was amazing. It's um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I initially um, I met him through uh, his daughter Jillian, um, who I still uh, keep in touch with pretty regularly, but. Um, yeah, she, I can't remember, I think it was through, like, Facebook or something, I, I don't remember what the deal was, but it was a number of years ago, I think it was, like, 2009 or something, but anyway, I ended up going, um, to a screening of Amadeus that Stuart hosted, and then, you know, sat with him and his family, and it was, it was super cool, and then he, um, I think I asked him about becoming his intern and then I, you know, did that for a handful of, of months. I was, I was like his assistant and then, you know, read scripts for him. And, um, and then we just, you know, sort of became friends after that. And I would, I'd read his scripts, you know, um, that he'd written and he gave me feedback on mine and, you know, gave me a lot of very helpful advice and, um, yeah, I mean, he was just, I, I mean, he was, he was sort of like another, like, father figure to me and like a large number of uh young filmmakers in the you know the la community it's just it's you know it's still like something i just think about constantly now that he's he's gone and um yeah it's a it's a massive massive loss for the the genre community but um you know he left behind some incredible movies and you know he was quite honestly, like one of the best people I've ever met. So, um, so yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. I think he's got like a, like an autobiography coming out or something, um, that he just finished a little bit before he, he passed away. But, um, I don't, I don't know the, the full details on that. I think, um, it should be really good though. I mean, he's, he definitely knew what he was he was doing on the writing front yeah right on uh yeah and i, I just want to say uh since you know you're you know i i don't want to assume but you know if you know it sounds like you're pretty good friends with them so i just want to say sorry for your loss oh thanks yeah i mean it, yeah it's i mean it's it's kind of everyone's loss i think honestly but uh yeah you know um that's part of life, unfortunately. Yeah, he he was a, a pretty big staple, and you know, in my opinion, a, a pretty big staple to the the '80s horror genre. And uh, you know, yes, he, he definitely uh, will will not be forgotten in in that light. And uh, and you know, and even some of the early '90s stuff he did. Uh, some pretty cool stuff like uh, Fortress and uh, Castle Freak and uh, 
and so forth. Did uh, uh, did he have a pretty big hand in uh, the Masters of Horror series? Do you know? Um, or was that just kind of a, a big I, collaboration? I he directed a, a few of those, and I think he he maybe like wrote two or three of his episodes. But I, I I don't really know about like the construction of that show. I think um, I think that was like a Mick Garris led thing. I think they just hired Stewart on for for a few of those. But um, both of his episodes of that are pretty good. I don't, I don't know if you've seen them or not, but um, yeah, yeah, I've seen a couple of them. I think I actually might have both of his uh, episodes. They're kind of like short movies, really. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Ah, well, um, just trying to think. Um, like, I, I, uh, I, I still want to stick with uh, Beyond the Gates, uh, but I guess maybe I'll just kind of throw this out there. Uh, is there plans to make a sequel? Or do you, like, are, I don't know, like, are you going to move on from uh, Beyond the Gates and try to do something different? Or, um, or? Yeah, I mean, we, we have a draft of the sequel um, that was sort of centered around uh, Chase's character. And it was a little bit more like... Um, kind of like in a different subgenre. It was a little bit more in line with, you know, movies like The Stuff and uh, Halloween 3. Um, it was just sort of, it was sort of like this kind of, I mean, weirdly, it's probably very fitting for right now, but it's this sort of like pervasive insanity that's kind of taking over this this town he's in. And so, you know, it's basically like in line with uh, those kind of like 80s, you know, the seventies and eighties, like paranoia movies. Um, but yeah, we have a draft of it. And then, you know, there, we just, we sort of had different directions. We wanted to take it in like between, um, Steve, uh, the co-writer and I, and, you know, Steve had some ideas. I had some other ideas. Uh, you know, I, it wouldn't surprise me if we ended up doing something, with it down the line but I mean for the moment there's other there's other projects that I've been kind of involved with for a while that I think are much closer to happening than than that one it's just it that one got like a little it, it just sort of like got sidelined the way you know a lot of these things do it's like suddenly it's like moving and then another thing kind of comes into its place and then you know you spend a lot of your time and energy on that and really like i sort of wish i could clone myself um to get (laughs) (laughs) to get more of this shit done but uh yeah it's i i don't know i mean it's um it's possible at some point we'll see awesome yeah i uh you know, I, speaking for me, I would definitely love to see uh, a sequel, even if it has to do with, uh, you know, a, a different people. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to have the same characters come back. Yeah. You know, it's just a support I, game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was another another part of it, too, where like I, I think we we had a treatment, too, that was kind of centered around um some newer characters we had like another financier that was interested at one point but yeah i mean it's just we we 
we kind of spent a lot of time um, developing it. And then, you know, ultimately it's like Steve and I just sort of like were disagreeing on a lot of things. And then we were like, okay, let's just table this for the time being and not, you know, ruin our friendship over it. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so I, I, I'm sure we'll, we'll pick it up again. And, you know, I mean, we were chatting about it again a little bit before uh all the quarantine stuff started happening and um it did feel pretty pretty fresh and uh exciting but uh yeah i I mean it's also it's like no one's fucking shooting anything right now anyway um it's basically just you know people are developing stuff and i i mean i guess like they're shooting a couple things in New Zealand and some of these other areas. But I mean, in the States, as far as I've seen, it just feels like everything's on uh, lockdown unless you're, you know, making a movie off zoom, which uh, I will never do in a million years. So um, <laughs> that's my feeling on that. Right on, right on. Um, so I, I guess, uh, you know, jumping back to beyond the gates, I just, I guess, uh, I, I, I sort of jumped the gun, but I, I it was just something I wanted to know was, you know, the idea of uh, a sequel coming. Um, but OK, so beyond the gates, um, the, the actors in there, uh, Graham Skipper and uh, and uh, the, the name is escaping me. Oh, oh Chase gosh. Williamson. Yes, yes. Um, so those those guys uh, have have done quite a few uh, genre films. Uh, what was it like uh, working with those guys? I mean, they're great. You know, it's like Graham. You know, I'd known for a number of years. He'd been in a handful of shorts that um, I'd made, and I, I met him. He he played Herbert West in uh, Reanimator the Musical, um, and. Chase, it was sort of a similar thing. He was in my the first short I directed, and uh, I really liked him in John Dies at the End, um, that Don Coscarelli movie. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just it, it felt like I mean we we wrote those roles for those guys, you know. And had they not done it, I'm I'm not entirely sure who we would have cast like I had a couple like backups in mind. Um, but you know, I mean, ultimately it was like, those were the two guys I wanted for, for those roles, you know, and, uh, and same with Bria too. It was like her role was written for her. And, um, honestly her, it's like, I couldn't even imagine working with anyone else on, on that. It's like, there was like no backup, but we just, you know, super wanted her to do it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like the, they're both very smart guys and, you know, very bright and they've, they've had terrific careers, you know, like they've, they've, they've done a, a good amount of stuff at this point. And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they're going to have many years of successes going forward. Right on. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, uh, Skipper, I will say, uh, I watched a while back, uh, the shutter exclusive bliss and i thought that was amazing but yeah yeah uh, i i've i've talked to brian a little bit on instagram and uh forgive me for bringing your name up brian i don't know if <laughs> if he wants to be talking about him 
but uh, uh, you know, like a while back, I had had messaged you and uh, and and asked you if you wanted to sign one of my copies of Beyond the Gates. Oh and, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you you mailed it to me, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember this now. Yeah, so I, I thought that was really cool of you to do, and then I seen like Brian had liked one of my my post because I made a post about it, and then. I was like, whoa, like that's that's cool. So I, I started talking to him for a while. And then uh you know, I, I sort of did the same thing. I sent the copy to him and, and he signed it, but then he got like Graham Skipper and uh Jen Messer Messer to sign it. <laughs> and which I, I totally wasn't expecting that. I was like, Whoa, dude, like that's funny. <laughs> that's I so yeah, awesome. I, I didn't know he uh he did that. That's that's cool you got Jenny to sign it. She's uh She's hilarious. She's like one of the funniest people I've ever met. <laughs> yeah, I liked how uh, how everyone wrote different little sayings on the on the uh, cover. I think Jen said something about "see you in hell." <laughs> Sweet. Sounds like something she she said to me on set. Um, good times. <laughs> right on, right on. But yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so. Uh, how how was it working with uh, Brian? He seems like a pretty he's cool awesome. guy. He's he's the best. I I I love him. I I still talk to him pretty frequently. Um, but yeah, he's he's a blast. You know. Um, yeah, he's you know. I mean, he's he's sort of like a. He sort of reminds me of like a wizard or something. It's very very weird. But um, I don't. I mean, he's into all these like weird occult things and. Um, he has kind of a long wizard beard, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, these are, these are good qualities you need in a director of photography. So, um, it's very helpful, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's amazing. You know, he's like seen a ton of stuff. He's got a super sharp eye. He's got a ton of great ideas and, you know, he's, he's incredibly bright. I think he, um, you know, I think he's shot, a a I think he just shot like an adult swim pilot or something um, over the break or not over the break. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying um, <laughs> it, over like last uh, fall, I think. And I, I don't know if it's coming out soon or what, but um, he was in Atlanta, maybe. I don't know. But uh, yeah, he, he did that. And I think he shot a couple of other movies that are supposed to come out soon. And, um, yeah, that's yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I'll just add a little bit, uh, talking to him. He, uh, and this is, you know, back when, uh, they were working on Annabelle creation, he got to do uh, a couple shots on that film, but then he got pulled away to do something else. But he, he was telling me that he really wanted to stay on that project because, uh, you know, I mean, who wouldn't want to work on a James Wan produced, you know, Conjuring Universe film? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, those I I really like all those uh, those guys. I know um, I've known uh, Gary Doberman, uh, who I think he directed that um, for a number of years, and he's a absolutely wonderful guy and deserves all the insane success he's he's getting um off of you know the the two it movies and um 
seemingly everything else. I mean, he's just been like, he's just been batting a thousand recently, but, um, yeah, I mean, they, they hire some really good people over there. My, uh, my friend Corin did, uh, that, that movie, the nun. And then, um, I don't know. They, they, they've got, they've got super good taste. there at a atomic monster. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Those are, those are some awesome films and, uh, especially, you know, newer, uh, newer genre films that are coming out that are, um, getting bigger budget, you know, um, like, you know, they're not indie films. They're like, you know, blockbuster status, uh, um, films you know like coming from warner brothers and, oh yeah and whatnot on uh, no doubt <laughs> so yeah it's it's really cool to see horror kind of come back in in a big way and uh hopefully for many years to come yeah, i mean I, I don't think it ever is like going away you know i i could see it taking a dip once all the pandemic stuff is over because people are probably you know not going to want to feel terrified going to the theater <laughs> um a while but right. uh you know it, it'll it, these things always go in cycles you know it's like it it, it can kind of get a little more low-key for a while and then it'll get a big boost and then you know it's it should be interesting but i i don't think horror has ever gone away right on right on well, sort of, sort of to bring things uh, back to you, um, uh, I, I know this is like a really hard question, probably, but uh, that's why I, I kind of break it down to: Do you have uh, a favorite horror movie, or is there? Do you have like a handful of favorites? Oh yeah, I mean, I've, I've got a, have a zillion of them, um, but I mean, probably like the the biggest like in the one the ones that had the biggest impact on me i think are probably the original texas chainsaw massacre the you know toby hooper one um phantasm the original and honestly probably reanimator uh and then you know i think the evil dead uh trilogy not not so much the remake or the tv show they did but um like the the first three movies of that, I thought were fucking mind blowing because I, I just I'd like never seen anything that started in one genre and then by the end of it, it was like in a completely different genre, you know, <laughs> over the course of three movies. And I thought it was incredible, like how well he pulled that off. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- those are those are some pretty choice ones. And then there's a lot of. Uh, you know, there's older stuff like Psycho. I, I've always been like a huge fan of, um, and you know, some of these, like the the original Invisible Man, I think is a terrific movie. Um, a lot of the Italian stuff, like uh, you know, Deep Red and uh, Tenebrae and The Beyond, and um, you know, just like stupid movies like cannibal apocalypse i I think are absolutely (laughs) delightful um but yeah i mean a lot of stuff kind of in that uh that space i i I gravitate toward yeah awesome yeah pretty much like all those movies you named off are (laughs) are amazing so i i can't argue with that um 
Uh, and this is, you know, this is just a couple fun questions I like to ask everybody. Um, and you, you mentioned uh, the Invisible Man. Um, do you have a? Would that be your favorite Universal monster film, or is there one that you hold higher than that? Fuck, that's a that's a really tough question. Um, <laughs> maybe I don't know. I don't think he would be my favorite, but honestly, I kind of like the Wolfman just because I I like the his look, and I just think that's probably my favorite of those those movies and then you know frankenstein and bride of frankenstein are pretty close the original dracula is amazing but um yeah probably the wolfman i would say i think that's the i think that's the one to go with right on right on and you know there's no wrong answer i just think it's i like hearing everybody's uh, opinion on uh, yeah <laughs> for sure what's yours um well when i was young you know, uh, under 10, you know, probably even around like, around like four or five, uh, Dracula was, was my favorite. And it's funny how, you know, it's funny how time goes on. It sort of changes. I don't know. It's, it's weird. Cause I, I went through like a phase of like, you know, Dracula's is number one for me. Then it was Frankenstein. And then now it's, it's, it's more gravitating towards the creature so it's oh it's yeah funny. absolutely yeah that's it's funny weird. how uh it's almost like uh changing moods or something it's like <laughs> yeah it's yeah they're 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 weirdly uh moody films each of them um even though they're all they're sort of in the same space they have kind of a different like emotional undercurrent to each of them mm-hmm. yeah for sure yeah i uh i try to collect uh well actually i I just finished collecting about a year or two ago uh, uh, the whole VHS collection of uh, these like silver bannered uh, um, editions of them. I got like all 37 Universal Monster films. Oh, wow. So I'm pretty, pretty proud of that. I got that up here on my collection. Very nice. But so, you know, I, I've always been a fan of uh, Universal Monsters and. And mostly, you know, everybody has has their favorite. So it's like, you know, whoever I whoever I get on the show, I I usually like to, to ask them because everyone's usually has a favorite, and not all of them are the same. So I think it's interesting to see who everyone's favorites are. Yeah, absolutely. It's very revealing about the uh, specific person. I think. Mm-hmm. Um. So um, we can move on to another question, uh, and this is one I usually ask ask a lot of people. Um, do you have a favorite subgenre of horror? Like, is there one that gravitates to you more than any other genre? Um, yeah, actually, pro- I, 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 I mean, I don't know how much of a subgenre is, but this sort of like. 70s and 80s Italian misinterpretations of American life are, are my my favorite subgenre. It's like I love the crazy sort of like filter that those movies are done through. Um, uh, you know, I, I think like Cannibal Apocalypse is a really good example of that because you watch that movie and you're like, there's like a couple like having sex in like the front row of the theater. 
And, you know, I think it, it's like, oh, they hear about like couples making out in the theater, but there they're like, oh, we, we need to like push it and do this. And so it's like, you're just seeing this completely uh, insane sort of um, misinterpretation of what's going on. And I think it's absolutely delightful and, and so much more entertaining than uh, almost anything being, being made in, in modern day cinema. But um, yeah, that's, that's kind of my sweet spot with, with that. Uh, I just, I just absolutely love those movies. I could even like the worst of them, it, like, you know, there, there's a, a Lucio Fulci movie called uh, Sweet House of Horrors. And it was like his attempt at making a TV movie. And it is, I'd say as violent or more violent than the beyond. And and it was like also supposed to be a kid's movie. It's really fucking insane. But um, really, yeah, that's one I, that's actually, one I like, haven't seen yet. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like a, it's sort of like him trying to do like a poltergeist movie, but holy shit. It, it is so crazy. Um, huh. So yeah, stuff like that, I think um, is, is my jam for sure for sure and uh i i kind of wanted to add to uh the crazy uh interpretations of americans um i i loved or i want to say love but i i got a kick out of uh uh city of the living dead oh yeah that's a good one where uh where it's one of the shots so it's supposed to take place in like new england but sometimes you'll hear like jungle sounds and like monkeys and and it's oh, like yeah. yeah it's like man <laughs> none of that unless it's by a zoo which i doubt it but uh it's, yeah, it's funny to kind of pick up on those little things where you know they think us americans have you know all these animals and stuff and i mean just the zoos not in the wild. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, if the more of these you you go in and check out, the more you see it. And I've just I, I've always just been absolutely delighted with them. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a good time for for anyone who's interested. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I uh, you know speaking of Fulci, I just picked up um, Severin Films was doing uh, their midsummer sale. Oh. Or, uh, uh, mid or what is it half of the year sale or something like that and they did uh, um, some like exclusive releases of like his biopic uh, fake for Fulci or Fulci for fake oh yeah something like that and uh, Demania and uh, Enigma so those are getting like I think first time uh, blu-ray releases i thought like some enigma might have come out in like another region or like a region zero thing but um yeah it's it's cool to hear that um i think they did the devil's honey recently which i don't know if you've seen that all right it's not recently it was probably like three years ago at this point but um that movie is phenomenal highly recommend that Okay, yeah, yeah. I've seen the trailers and stuff. I haven't actually watched that one yet, but it, it is, is on my watch. It is a 
an absolutely terrible date movie. <laughs> um, it's basically like Lucio Fulci trying to make a nine and a half weeks type movie, and uh, it is so so insane. Um, I love it. I, I give it ten out of ten stars. But um, yeah, good times for sure. For sure. Um, I think I think that about uh, wraps up all the questions I have for you at this point. Um, okay. Is is there uh, is there anything that you'd like to to plug in as far as like what you know any uh, any of your upcoming projects? Do you want anybody to to know about or uh, things kind of under wraps no, for now? That <laughs> just stay tuned and they'll you know there 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 should probably be some some news semi soonishly. I mean, I, I think, uh, the rest of the year is probably going to be a wash for everyone, uh, trying to get a movie made. But, uh, I think, you know, in, in short order, there'll, there'll be much more to share. So, um, yeah, just not at the moment, but just stay tuned. There'll, there will be more. Very cool, man. And, uh, for the listeners out there, if you haven't seen beyond the gates, I believe it's on Amazon prime. And uh, it was a Shutter exclusive. Is it still on Shutter? I don't think it was on Shutter. It was on Shutter in um, the UK. I think maybe it is on Shutter. I have absolutely no idea, honestly. I I should probably have a better um, uh, retention of this stuff. I know it was on Netflix, and then it was on Hulu. Um, I don't know if it's on. I don't know where it is now, but I mean people. <laughs> And it should be, you know, like three bucks or something at this point. So, right, yeah. I mean, it's probably anywhere that's that has video on demand. Yeah, exactly. It's it's all over the place. Right, right on. So definitely check check it out, guys. If you haven't seen Beyond the Gates, um, Jackson, this is so much fun, man. Uh, anytime you want to come back, you're more than welcome to come back. <laughs> oh, thank you, much. Much appreciated. And uh, yeah, thank you for asking me to be on. Hey, no problem. That about wraps up my episode with Jackson Stewart. And uh, I just want to apologize for uh, the mower noise in the background. Uh, the day of recording, my neighbor uh, had decided to mow the grass at the hottest point of the day and just happened to be by where I was recording so apologize for that noise and I uh, just want to thank Jackson Stewart again for coming to the show I uh, really appreciate him coming on and uh, it was a fun time talking about horror movies and uh, his movie Beyond the Gates so um, yeah check out Beyond the Gates if you guys haven't checked it out it's, it's pretty cool um uh, during the time of this recording um, over the weekend horror legend uh, John Saxon passed away and uh, pretty bummed about that because uh, I thought he played a really good cop slash dad in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and then playing a cop in Black Christmas and uh, I might have to watch Invaders or not Invaders but uh, Invasion of the Flesh Eaters pretty soon in his honor yeah, man, it sucks to hear about that. Um, 
as far as uh, future stuff goes, um, just want to mention I'll, the next episode is probably going to be Return of the Living Dead. And uh, that was a uh, QC Horror Empire pick for uh, a movie that takes place during the month of July. Um, I'm going to try, try to get that uh, that uh, recorded before July ends. I know I'm like almost a month behind by uh, the time of, you know, the, the, the time frame of the month of what day the movie takes place. But uh, nonetheless, I'm going to try to get in July just to say that I uh, made, you know, made an episode of a movie that takes place during that month. I mean, I know I covered Uncle Sam, so technically I've already done that, but that was their top pick was uh, Return of the Dead. So a couple more uh, guest episodes lined up, so stay tuned for that. Otherwise, I'm still going to be pumping out uh, my solo episodes, and uh, Pitch Black will also be coming up very soon. That was a uh, supporter pick. And uh, if you would like to be a supporter and uh, make a supporter pick, which means you can tell me what movie you would like me to cover, um, just make a uh, small donation at the anchor.fm forward slash root horror podcast. That's like my main website for right now as far as where you can listen to the podcast. But there's a supporter section on there. And you can donate as little as a dollar a month. And if you do so, email me at roothorror at gmail.com and let me know what your pick is. And I will talk about it on the show. Um, before I get off here, I just want to mention, check out Wake Brewing. If you're ever in the Quad Cities, check out Wake Brewing. They are a phenomenal bar to go to. And... Uh, probably in my opinion the best bar in the quad cities as far as a brewery goes and they got kick-ass merch and uh you know they're always doing stuff to entice people to come on down and, and drink some craft beers um you know i can't wait till covid gets over so they can return back to their um horror trivia nights on uh it's every third Thursday of every month that they host a horror trivia night but since COVID's happening they haven't really been doing that but uh hopefully just hopefully one of these days but uh yeah check them out guys they're they're terrific and uh Pit Lord just dropped their new album Seasonings in the Abyss which they were just on my podcast you can check out um their band camp they have merchandise up there as well as you can buy the digital album and uh some of their other albums if you haven't picked them up check them out guys they're a kick-ass band from the quad cities and uh just want to give a shout out to evil dead beats for providing the music for this episode and uh previous episodes but um but yeah if, if you dig uh this rendition of beyond the gates song that's in this episode which I will be playing the full song after I get done talking here but uh yeah if you dig this kind of music check out his band camp he has two Beats from the Crypt albums that have a bunch of horror rendition songs and uh 
check him out also in the description of, of this episode I posted his YouTube link so you can buy music that uh, that he makes and uh, and whatnot and so if you're into that kind of stuff check him out otherwise you can follow me at uh, Rude Horror Podcast on Instagram and Facebook I'm on Twitter at Rude Horror Pod and like I said earlier you can email me at rudehorror at gmail.com if you're not into the social media stuff but you still got email send me an email and uh, if if applicable give me a five star rating on wherever you listen to this podcast and you know help boost my ratings I mean even <laughs> even if you don't like my show just, just rate it and you know, give me an idea of of how I'm doing and how I should change shit if I need to change shit or if you just you like what I'm doing, cool. Um, that's about it, guys. Um, stay tuned for the next one and uh, enjoy this Evil Dead Beats track.
future episodes. Please follow or subscribe if you dare. <laughs>